welcome to Blue Notes On Air. Join us as we chat with experts, analysts and commentators from the Asian region about business, culture and economics. Listening to um, you know, family and friends and peers, also press, is really important, but the most important person is the customer. Today, restaurateur Andrew McConnell chats to Blue Notes about management, customers and cooking away from home. We hope you enjoy the discussion. Hello, Andrew. Thanks very much for joining us on on Blue Notes. You're actually here in an ANZ building in Melbourne because you're doing an event for a couple of hundred ANZ executives and some customers and things. Is that sort of catering side something that you do? Oh, not often. Uh, I think uh, our um, our restaurants are very much geared to be site-specific and we're not really geared to do a lot of catering. However, the facilities here are fantastic uh, and we're really comfortable to be here. So it's actually... uh, quite an honour to be invited to cook here. Because you've got 10 venues ranging from retail, butcher shops and things through restaurants, bars, all different kinds of of styles of restaurant. So there's a lot of difference there, but it's obviously different having your own restaurant to having to work in someone else's kitchen. Absolutely. I think cooking away from home is, um, it's always fraught with danger. However, we've uh, we've been doing it for quite a while, so we we know what to expect. And what sort of things go wrong? Is it the oven doesn't work? You know, Anything and everything, from someone dropping the sauce, and because we're not at home, there's not a backup plan, so we've just got to be really careful and be quite strategic in our planning. Ah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah and you have got 10 venues a, a, across Melbourne at the moment. Is there some kind of business model there about how you, you've grown? You know, it's 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 interesting uh, question because... Um, 18 years ago when I opened my first restaurant, I was very happy and satisfied being in the one kitchen, in the one environment. But as I learned my trade, learned how to run a business um, and developed what I did and expanded gradually and slowly, I created uh, different layers. Uh, And within those layers, I created, I suppose, a lot of uh, career development and opportunities for my management team. So even though I have uh, many balls in the air, it's been a very slow process. It's interesting you talk about that because uh, we've spoken to other restaurateurs and they talk about you know one of the benefits, you know, businesses talk about economy of scale. And it sounds like one of those is in sort of training and hiring staff and developing staff. Is that That's the way you see it? It's key, yeah. It's not only the food business we're in, we're also in the people business. And that's um, working with our staff uh, to work with us to deliver uh, our vision our products uh, consistently. And the only way you can do that is by doing it with the right people. So uh, over the years, we've uh, developed different strategies and training um, opportunities for people to come on board and not just cook at a restaurant or be a waiter, but actually grow and develop. And do you, is there sort of management literature that you read as a a restaurateur like that? Oh, there isn't actually. There's not one specific guidebook. And it's, it's, it's like that when you open a restaurant. There's no, real guidebook about yeah. location, uh, about your management structure, your own management style. Uh, and I think that's an advantage I've had is over the years I've gradually grown and developed a lot of these, uh, I suppose, manuals and management techniques uh, to where they are now. Yeah. So, um, you know, when it comes to opening a restaurant, there isn't a guidebook. And I think the only thing we've really got is our gut instincts. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying that, but, no, I, think, um, but I think in time, I've um, had, had been in the position to uh, have one or two successful venues to build on. Yeah, 
because there's no shortage of cooking shows on, on television now, and you, whether it's MasterChef or something else, everyone's dream is, you know, we, we want our own little cafe or we want to run our own restaurant. But presumably, the actual business of having a restaurant is a lot more than that sort of romantic idea. It's a very romantic idea to own and run a restaurant. However, I would have to say it's one of the least romantic businesses to be in, to be honest. I think that uh, MasterChef, um, a lot of the news media and press now, um, that is... Uh, not Blue Notes, of course. Not Blue Notes, mm. has been... Well, what I was going to say is it's been great for this industry. Oh, you um, mean Blue Notes? Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. in, um, in, um, really educating a lot of people about food. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, this, the, the whole phenomena of... Uh, you know, MasterChef has been great for my industry. And a lot of people, you know, I say this quite often, you know, it's, it's a great time in history to be a chef because yeah. everyone's interested in food. Yeah. And at the model at the moment, it's, it's 10 venues in Melbourne, a lot of very diverse ones. Mm. Do you plan to sort of broaden it outside of Melbourne and maybe even internationally? No, I'm, I'm a Melbourne boy, so Melbourne's home. Yeah. Um, and, I'm, you know, the, the appeal to go to Sydney is, is great. However, um, being based here and knowing the market really well, uh, and actually having a young family as well, mm. you know, stops me from expanding outside. However, one day, I'll never say never, yeah. I really love the excitement of uh, the idea of operating in another city. However, Sydney would be great, but I really love a city like Tokyo as well. Yeah. So yeah. there's uh, opportunities abroad. Um, however, for now, I think I'm really content with, uh, with, with, with Melbourne. And, you know, the, the growth of Melbourne has been quite phenomenal from when I started cooking yeah. to where we are now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's 18 years, as you say, and the model's grown and grown and grown, but you've obviously also travelled, you've done guest spots overseas at different restaurants and things. Is the restaurant business the same in, in Singapore, Tokyo, Melbourne, or is every location, the business itself, different? Mm, very much so. I, I mean, I've spent a lot of time, as you said, cooking overseas and now travel um, quite a bit, and there are, every city has its own dynamic. Each city also has its own, I suppose, food culture. And it's a matter of, um, it's not a matter of going and opening a restaurant. And you know, the, the economy and the economics of opening a restaurant is one thing, but understanding a food culture and what and where people like to eat is more important. And you, and you can't do that by flying by. I think you need to spend some time and really explore and understand how people not only uh, you know, eat, but how people use restaurants and what they use them for. For example, now, uh, 18 years ago, in Melbourne, people would go out for dinner once every few weeks for a special occasion. Now, a lot of people, particularly younger people, are using restaurants a few times a week, whether it be out for breakfast once or twice a week, mm. meeting friends. And, you know, young people now, often they'll go and meet and have dinner before they go out to see a band or go to see a movie. So it's really um, totally ingrained in our, how, we, how we socialise, how we use restaurants now. Yeah. It's really interesting because one of the things that's happening at ANZ and then it's happening in business around the world is this idea of human-centred design. Like you, you don't come up with something and say, okay, we'll put this out in the market. You, you sort of listen to real humans about how they use the product or the service. It, it sounds like exactly like what you've already been doing. You, you listen to how a, a culture and, and consumers want to use your restaurant. Yeah, listening to... Um you know, family and friends and peers, also press is really important, but the most important person is the customer. And uh, often uh, I find a lot of chefs who slave away in the kitchen for too many years, they forget 
mm. they're actually cooking for people outside that door. And it's important to watch and listen, even though it hurts sometimes, yeah. uh, to, to take it on board. And how do you watch and listen? Do you use, you know, again, everyone's talking about social media and we need to be totally, do you use social media? How do you, how do you listen? Social media um, now is our, I suppose, our strongest marketing tool. Marketing has changed so much in the mm. last few years. And uh, for some reason, everyone loves to take a photo yeah. of their dinner before they eat it, which is great for us. Yeah. Because that photo goes everywhere. So, um, you know, we have to acknowledge social media, whether we like it or not, but it's a really, uh, re a really important tool that um, has really changed uh, the way uh, restaurants uh, market their brands. Yeah. Well, look, appreciate your time. I know that, that we can hear people sort of calling for you to get back in the kitchen and do a bit more cutting and dicing. So um, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for talking to Pleasure. Blue Notes. Good to be here. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Blue Notes On Air. On Air was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin McLeod. Mm -hmm.